Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church. Hey, man, before you take your seats, why don't you turn to your neighbor and encourage him real quick. Tell him, neighbor, if I weren't here today, you'd be the best looking person in the house. Amen. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. Amen. Hey, man, you got to believe it yourself if you want anybody else to believe it. Somebody say amen. Amen. How about this praise team? Can we put our hands together for them? I'm waiting for I'm waiting for the CD to drop. Are y'all y'all anybody agree with me? Amen. But in all seriousness, those songs that God is placing in your heart, I hope you guys are listening to me. Our praise team, I don't know where all of you are, but those songs God is placing in your heart. Amen. Write them down. Amen. Prepare them. Amen. Uh, the world needs to hear what you got going on. This is an awesome praise team. Amen. An awesome group. And I just believe that God is going to open those doors soon. Amen. So be prepared for what God has placed in your heart for you to step out and do. Amen. For the kingdom of God. Can you all touch and agree with us today? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Why don't we put our hands together for the visionary, the pastor, and his lovely wife, amen, who God has blessed you with. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I just appreciate and love this couple and thank God for you and the gift of friendship and for what God is doing in your life. Uh, one of the things that we long for in ministry is uh, friends who you can be around and just relax and just be yourself, amen, just able to talk about any and everything that uh, we, we feel is on our heart, and that's the kind of friendship, amen, that we have had over the years, amen. Actually, from the first time uh, we met, you know, we've had some great laughs, and uh, some, some, we shed some tears together, but we have talked about God and Jesus and ministry, amen, and life in general, and I just appreciate you and thank God for what you're doing here, amen. This is just awesome. What a spirit of excellence in the house. Amen. And the love that we feel here. Thank you for being so kind. Amen. And for being a blessing. And thank you for this wonderful, wonderful opportunity uh, to be here to share the word of God with you. Amen. If you have your Bibles, the gospel according to St. Luke chapter 5. St. Luke chapter 5. Uh, I believe I have some more. Pro I have a little bit of product left. There's a table in the back. If you'll stop by after church. Amen. Uh, to bless our ministry, to help us do what we do for the kingdom of God. I just have a few sets left. I've been on the road almost the entire month of June from place to place, um, airplanes, taking naps and all that stuff. Uh, I, I almost wonder when the last time I had a good night's sleep. Last night might have been the first time in a while. Amen. But uh, God has been blessing us uh, and journeying, doing uh, conventions, et cetera, et cetera. But I do have some product left, so stop on by the table. Amen. All of our product comes with a money-back guarantee. Amen. So if you buy some product and you're not blessed, all you have to do is reach out, and our ministry will give you your money back. Amen. We'll also pray for you because something's wrong with you. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, <laughs> Amen. Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. It reads, and it came to pass... That as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. 
but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes in their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ships, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. We want to focus our attention on verse number four. And Jesus said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. I want to speak to you on the subject failure to launch. Amen. Failure to launch or for a subtitle, positioning for a relaunch. Turn to somebody and tell them God's positioning you for a relaunch. In 2006, Paramount Pictures released a movie starring Matthew McConaughey and Sarah Jessica Parker entitled Failure to Launch. Now, this particular movie, it focused upon a man who was approaching his 40s, but he refused to leave the comfortable nest of his parents' home. In a desperate attempt to get him out on his own, his frustrated parents hired an extremely attractive girl of his dreams to give him the needed push to perhaps make a commitment and to finally launch out on his own. Of course, in the end, the hired girlfriend ended up falling in love. There were hurt feelings, a mass of confusion, and finally love prevailed and they end up living happily ever after. Now, the storyline of this romantic comedy, it proved to be quite entertaining and even funny at times. But as funny and fictitious as it was, it is sad to say that its title is descriptive of the lives of many believers in the church who are failing to launch out and be everything that God has called us to be. It would seem as though throughout the body of Christ, there appears to be too many believers who are satisfied. Satisfied with standing on the shores of their destiny, watching the big ship sail the places that they themselves ought to be sailing. There are believers who seem to be content with wading in the waters of mediocrity, unwilling and uninterested in launching out into the deep waters of excellence. There are so-called people of faith whose lack of faith has limited them to standing on the dots and the launching pads of life, never moving forward and venturing into the deep waters of abundant living. And they sit in our churches 
and they're filling our pews and they are saved, sour, and satisfied. They fail to launch out. Never having a vision of something better. Never dreaming of something greater than where they are. Never strategizing and moving forward. All while missing out on the deep level of blessings that God has in store for them. So they sit in a state of emotional, mental, and spiritual paralysis. All while God is constantly tugging at their heart, urging them in their spirit, and even shouting at them to position themselves for a relaunch. Come on and say amen. Now one of the difficult things about engaging in a relaunch is when we decide to engage in a relaunch, it requires that we gain the courage to start over again. And whether we want to admit it or not, starting over again is never an easy prospect. You see, when we decide to start over again, it is there that we oftentimes find ourselves wrestling with the ghosts of past failures along with his good friend's fear and embarrassment. It is there that we find ourselves being intimidated by the prospect of trying again only to possibly fail again. Stepping out only to be let down and disappointed. So rather than taking a trans chance on trying again, many of us would rather reside in the safe house that stands on the corner of Do Nothing Avenue and Paralysis Drive. You see, because when we are in that safe house, we never have to deal with the threat of trying and failing one more time. We no longer have to deal with the threat and the intimidation that comes with the idea of stepping out only to be let down and disappointed. But what we've got to understand is the God that we serve has invested too much in us to allow us to stay in that safe house. Because God requires that you and I live more than ordinary lives. Turn to somebody real quick and tell them you're more than an ordinary person. That's right, you're more than an ordinary person. Amen, you are more than just average. Amen, God has invested in you great things. You're more than an average show right there. Stand up, turn around, let everybody see your shirt. Amen, okay. You're more. <laughs> I got you, sorry. <laughs> You're more than an average Joe. Amen. You see, God, he has invested so much greatness on the inside of you that he requires that your life impact other people. He requires that everywhere you go, amen, that you make a difference. So what God will do when we decide that we're going to play it safe, God will begin to disturb us. God will speak to us. God will send a word and convict us. He'll even wake us up in the middle of the night until we decide that enough is enough. I'm going to position myself for a relaunch. Somebody shout praise the Lord in here. And that would be the divine will of the master. As we come to our text here in the gospel according to St. Luke. As we come to our text, we find Jesus is now at the beginning of his public ministry. And he now finds himself, the Bible says, preaching the word of God by the shores of Lake Gennesaret. Now the impact of his ministry is already seen here. As the Bible says, the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God. 
Well, after this dynamic crusade, Jesus then turns to observe a group of fishermen who found themselves surrounded by all of the ingredients that normally result in a failure to launch. According to the word, they had been fishing all night long, and the Bible says they caught nothing. They're frustrated. They are discouraged. But Jesus would walk into their situation and declare to them that it's time to launch out into the deep. In other words, fellas, he said, I want you to position yourself for a relaunch. Now Jesus would take this situation in which they seem to be surrounded, amen, by failure, and he would turn it around. And I want to share with you some things that I believe are necessary if we are to engage in a relaunch and avoid a failure to launch. The first thing, number one, that we must do is we must restore our passion. Can somebody say that word with me? Passion. Passion. Passion is an extremely powerful word. As a matter of fact, let me say this. It is actually what I believe to be the invisible force that can determine our success and our failure in anything in life. You see, a person has a passion for what they do. That individual can oftentimes overcome disadvantages, handicaps, limitations, and even disadvantages. And watch this, they can actually outperform somebody who may have more talent, who may have more natural ability, who may even have more advantages and opportunity, but does not possess the passion that that person has. If you are here and you are seeking the will of God in your life, one of the questions that you can ask yourself is, what am I passionate about? Amen. Turn to your neighbor and ask him, what are you passionate about? In other words, what is that thing that burns down in your belly? What is that area of injustice that really, really makes you angry? What is that thing that you feel like you simply must do in life and cannot live without doing? What is, my God, that thing that you would do even if you were not getting paid for it? What are you passionate about? And you see, I believe that in these times in which we're living, God is looking to you some people that have passion. A passion for worship, a passion for service, a passion for praise, a passion for prayer. I'm not talking about the folk that you got to pump and prime and wave pom-poms in order to get them to do something. But I'm talking about somebody that has a burning down in their sanctified soul that is ready to do what God has placed in them to do. Glory to God. Does anybody have passion in the house? And when we come to the text, what we are looking at is a group of fishermen who had lost their passion. Look at verse 1 and 2. The Bible says, it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out. Of them. So when Jesus showed up on the scene, these brothers who had been fishing all night long had become so frustrated, had become so discouraged, had become so despondent 
that they had literally gotten up and walked out of their place of purpose. You see, although Jesus would later on call them to a higher place of purpose, at this moment right now, they were fishermen and they were supposed to be in the boat doing what fishermen do. But they got so depressed. They got so frustrated. The Bible says they got up and literally walked out of their ship. Now understand something. Whenever you take something or someone out of their place of purpose, death and decline is going to take place. Can I show you what I'm talking about? Amen. Take a plant out of the ground, its place of purpose. It may sit on the mantle for a few days and look pretty, but eventually it's going to shrivel up and it is going to die. Take a bird out of the sky, its place of purpose. It may creep around on the ground for a few days, but eventually a predator is going to get a hold of it and it is going to die. Take a fish out of the water. It may flap around on the shores for just a few moments, but eventually its gills are going to dry up and it is going to die. Take a man or a woman out of God, our place of purpose. We may make a few dollars, we may make some friends and even build some houses, but eventually we are going to die. My God, because whenever you take something or someone out of their place of purpose, decline and eventually death is going to come. And I had to say that this morning because there are some of us under the sound of my voice right now who are once functioning in our place of purpose. God placed a gift in us. He placed a ministry in us. He placed something in us for us to do to benefit the kingdom of God. And maybe somebody hurt your feelings or maybe you got offended by something and decided to get up and walk out of your place without realizing is that the devil deceived you and moved you out of your place of purpose to cause you to miss out on the blessings of God. But I declare in the name of Jesus that somebody in this house is about to rise up and get back in your place. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, get back in your place. Hallelujah. Get back in your place. There are blessings, but you got to get back in your place. There are miracles that God wants to release in your life, but you got to get back in your place. God wants to open up the windows of heaven and pour you out blessing, but you got to get back in your place. Glory to God. Somebody, you've been praying for a miracle. You'll get it if you get back in your place. You've been praying for a husband or praying for a wife. You might find them, but you got to rise up and get back in your place. Somebody give God a praise right now hallelujah but wait a minute because the loss of passion is not only present because they left their place of purpose but the Bible also says that they were washing their nets the washing of the nets, it was actually the final act that the fishermen would engage in to symbolize that their day was over. So when Jesus showed up on the scene, these fishermen had basically given up. They had thrown in the towel. 
They were waving the white flag. They had mailed it in. The opera lights had now dimmed and the fat lady was on center stage. <laughs> and was now in the final chorus of her song. Yeah. It was over. They were washing their nets. You know something? All throughout society and in churches all over our country, there are people sitting in worship services, saying all the right stuff, going to their jobs on a daily basis, have a smile on their face, but behind the smile and behind the facade, they're washing their nets. Smiling and acting like everything is great, saying all the right stuff, going through all the emotions, but behind the scenes, they're washing their nets. Waking up when the alarm clock goes off, jumping in the shower, going downstairs and having breakfast with the kids and the wife, giving courtesy kisses and hugs on the way out the door, working the nine to five job, but the family has no idea, but daddy is washing his nets. Waking up in the morning, cooking breakfast, getting the kids ready to, for school, dropping them off, going to work, punching out, taking them from soccer practices to meetings. But the family has no clue, but mother is washing her nets. Teaching lessons, tutoring students, going to PTA meetings, attending after-school programs. But the principal of the school has no idea, but that educator is washing his nets. Mm -hmm. Casting vision for the company, handling the finances, going to training after training, conference after conference, buying this and buying that, selling this and selling that, but the company has no idea, but that CEO, that manager is washing his nets, preaching sermons, laying hands on sick people, running from hospital to hospital, casting vision, doing building programs, working with the young people. But the church has no idea. But that staff member, even the man or woman of God, they're washing their nets. We have a lot of people all over society going through the motions of life but if you really sat down and talked with them they'd confess that they're washing their nets they've given up living but not really living as a matter of fact we have a lot of folk in the church that are kind of like sarah in the old testament y'all remember sarah you know how God had given Abraham a promise that he was going to have a son through Sarah. And the Bible says that God waited until Abraham was 100 years old and Sarah was 90. And in Hebrews it says that Sarah's womb was shut and Abraham's body was dead. 
So all hope was gone. And one day, old Abraham is having prayer meeting, and Sarah's kind of eavesdropping. She's listening in. You know, she got the phone up on the other end, you know, hearing the conversation going on. And she overhears God remind Abraham of the promise that he was going to have a son through her at 90. And do y'all remember what Sarah did? She laughed. Yeah. But listen. It wasn't a kind of laugh like, you know, when you hear a good joke. It was kind of like a sarcastic kind of laugh. Kind of like, what was that? <laughs> yeah, right kind of laugh. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah. What happened to Sarah is what, is what has happened to some of us in the church. Sarah had been waiting on the promise for so long. She had been in the waiting room for so long that the devil convinced her that because it did not happen yet, that it was not going to happen. And there are some of us right now, you got a promise from God, you got it confirmed over and over again, and you know that it was God that has spoken. But you've been in the waiting room for so long that the devil's trying to tell you that God has forgotten. The devil's trying to tell you that it's not going to happen. Well, I come by to declare to you today that the devil is a liar. If God said it is going to happen, it is going to happen. Glory to God. Would you high five your neighbor real quick and tell him it's going to happen? That's right. It's going to happen. Just hang in there just a little while longer. Keep on praying just a little while longer. Don't you walk away and give up on your dreams. Glory to God. The same God that promised you he is going to bring it to pass. He is able. He has done it before and he will do it again. It is going to happen. Somebody just lift your hands right now and receive it in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. It's going to happen. But wait a minute because we need to look a little closer. Because the Bible didn't just say that Sarah laughed. It said she laughed within herself. So it was an inner laugh. A laugh on the inside. Sarah had gone to sleep on the inside and nobody even knew it. She was saying all the right stuff, going through all the motions, but deep down inside she had given up and nobody even knew it. As a matter of fact, old Abraham thought she was still with the program. He'd walk in that room and say, you know, we're going to have that baby. She'd smile and say, yes, we are. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> He'd walk out the room. She'd go, yeah, right. <laughs> she had gone to sleep on the inside. She was going through all the motions, saying all the right things. My God, her and her girls hanging out, going shopping at Babies R Us, you know, buying all the stuff. She would get in a room all set up at the house, you know. She was going to have a son getting all the blue stuff in order, you know, doing all those things. My God, she was talking all the faith talk. You know how we do. 
Praise God. I'm blessed and highly favored. The Lord is good. Praise God. Walking around. Amen. She had the, the pins from TBN, you know, had the fish on the back of her car. Praise God. She had all the Bibles, you know, that they order, you know, all the different versions. She was just going, doing her thing, going through all the motions. Everybody around her thought she was the woman of faith walking around, but deep down within, she had given up. Her dream had died. Her vision had gone to sleep. The twinkle was no longer in her eye. The bounce had been taken out of her step. She was just going through the motions. The song was gone from her spirit. She died on the inside and nobody even knew it. Just like some of us going through all the motions, saying all the right stuff, talking to faith talk, but deep down within, there's been an inner laugh that nobody around us hears. And that is exactly where she was. Her girls didn't hear her laughing. Abraham, her own husband, didn't hear her laughing. The servants at the house, none of them heard her laughing. But you know who heard her laughing? God heard her laughing. And he leaned over the portals of heaven and said, you go ahead and laugh, old lady, but the last laugh is going to be on you. Hallelujah. The next time I hear about Sarah laughing, she is holding the baby Isaac in her arms and saying, the Lord has made me to laugh. Glory to God. I believe that somebody in this house, you have lost your passion. You have been washing your nest, but I just believe that by the time you walk out of here, you're going to be holding Holding your Isaac in your arms and saying the Lord has made me to laugh. He has given my passion back. He has relit that fire on the inside. Weeping has endured for the night, but joy has come in the morning. Somebody lift your hands and receive it right now. You're going to laugh again. I said, you're going to laugh again. Hallelujah. The passion is about to re be relit in your life. It is not over. We must restore our passion. But then there's a second thing that we must do. If we are to avoid a failure to launch and engage in a relaunch, number two is we must rebuke the spirit of failure. Rebuke the spirit of failure. Can I ask y'all a question this morning? Anybody in here? I mean, I, I know you guys are super saints at Destiny. You know, anointed, appointed, got a double dose of the Holy Ghost. And I know you're, you know, amazing, you know, faster than a speeding deacon, you know, more powerful than a missionary, able to leap tall demons in a single bout. I know you guys, but... Let me ask a question. Any of y'all ever fail? All right. Okay, a few of you guys didn't raise your hand. Okay. So I can just assume one of two things about you if you didn't raise your hand. Either you were just born yesterday or you're sitting up in church. Amen. I won't call you a liar. I'll just say you're having a strained relationship with the truth, okay? Because <laughs> I don't care who you are, how anointed you are, and how blessed you are, all of us have failed and probably will fail. As a matter of fact, the only way to keep away from failure is to do 
nothing. Am I right? Okay. And if you have failed lately, I come by to tell you what you need to do. First of all, learn the lesson that God wants you to learn from your failure. Sometimes he allows us to fail for certain reasons, sometimes to humble us, sometimes to teach us to depend more upon him. But whatever that lesson is, learn that lesson. The second thing, put it behind you. Somebody say that with me. Put it behind you. Put it behind you. Amen. As a matter of fact, uh, 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 here's what I want you to do. Just put your hand out just like this here. Okay, that's your failure. All right, just toss it over your shoulder. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. And now you just hit the person sitting behind you, so just turn around and apologize so I can move on. All right. <laughs> but put it behind you. Stop rehearsing it. Stop letting the devil use it to condemn you and beat you upside the head. Put it behind you. All right? Y'all got that? But here's what I do want you to be concerned about. While we shouldn't be overly concerned about our failures, make sure that we do not take on the spirit of failure. And there's a difference. You see, because although all of us fail, we don't take on the spirit of failure until we decide that because we failed, that we're gonna fold our arms and never try again. Don't take on the spirit of failure. As a matter of fact, somebody said that the difference between average people and achieving people is their perception and of and their response to failure. You see, achieving people realize that failing does not make you a failure. Turn to your neighbor and tell him I may have failed, but I'm not a failure. Amen. Oliver Goldsmith has said that success consists of getting up one more time than you fall. Somebody else said that a big shot is just a little shot that kept on shooting. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. As a matter of fact, listen to what Jesus said to Peter in Luke chapter 22, verse number 31 and 32. He said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan desires to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But he said, but Peter... I have prayed for you. And notice what Jesus prayed. He didn't pray that Simon would not fail. As a matter of fact, he already knew he was going to fail. He said, bro, before the rooster crows three times, you're going to deny that you even know me. So I already know that you're going to fail. I already know you're going to fall flat on your face. I already know you're going to mess up, Simon. But this is what I'm praying. I'm not praying that you won't fail but I'm praying that your faith will not fail. In other words, I'm praying the kind of prayer for you, Simon, that when you do hit rock bottom, that that thing called your faith is going to kick in and say, in spite of it all, I still believe. Hallelujah. Can somebody shout, I still believe? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Devil, you should have killed me when you got a chance because my faith just kicked in and I still believe. Glory to God. I may be toe up from the flow up and broke, busted, and disgusted, but I still have my faith and I believe that as long as God is sitting on the throne, he's going to turn my situation around. I still believe. <laughs> Glory. So watch 
Because when Jesus shows up, these fishermen are surrounded by the spirit of failure. You say, how do you know, preacher? The reason why I know is because of the way they responded when Jesus challenges them. Okay, Jesus comes and he says, fellas, launch out into the deep, right? And Peter in the King James says, master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. That's the King James. But let me give you the loose Lee translation, okay? Jesus says, launch out into the deep. And Simon turns and says, look, man. You just got here. We've been at this all night long. And now you got the nerve to roll up in here talking about launching out into the deep. Anybody in here ever get so frustrated? Anybody in here ever toil in something so long that you don't even want to hear anybody try to encourage you? Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm sorry. I know y'all don't have that problem, but just, just pray for me because some, sometimes I get to a point. I don't even want to hear anybody encourage me. I, I, I don't want to hear another church cliche. I don't want to hear nobody quoting any scripture. I'm a preacher. I know the scripture. <laughs> and I most certainly don't want to hear from the parking lot prophet with another word from the Lord. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I mean, he already gave me two and... Five parted and only two of those came to pass. So I'm trying to figure out whether he's prophesying or prophelying. <laughs> you know, and I'm just not in the mood. I see his number come up on the caller ID. I'm like, no, nah, not today, bro. Mm -mm. No, uh -uh, not because if you, if I pick up this phone, I ain't going to be talking about Jesus. You know, I don't want to talk about anybody ever just been there. Well, <laughs> that's where he is. He says, look, we've been out here all night. We haven't caught a thing. And also, another thing. You're a carpenter. And I'm a fisherman. And based on what you're telling me, it is obvious that you don't know what you're talking about. First of all, you got here too late. Any fishermen in the house right now? Yeah, okay, I got a few of y'all. Well, one of the reasons why I'm not a fisherman is because in order to be good at it, y'all gotta get up real, real early in the morning before the sun come up, am I right? So Jesus shows up, it's already night, and the night has already passed, the sun is up, and basically Peter is saying, Jesus, it's too late. But how many of you know that when Jesus shows up, hallelujah, it's never too late. Glory to God, hallelujah. Amen. When we were growing up in the church, we used to sing a song that says he's an on-time God. Yes, he is. He may not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Even when he's late, he's still on time, baby. Glory to God. He's an on-time God. But then he says, listen, 
You're telling me to launch out into the deep and everybody knows that the good fish are in the medium to shallow water. But what Peter did not realize is Jesus is now calling him to catch big fish. And big fish have to be in deep waters. Glory to God. So then he is there. He is surrounded by the spirit of failure. He is depressed. He has given up. But then all of a sudden his faith kicked in. And I like what he said. He said, nevertheless, somebody shout nevertheless. At thy word, I'm going to launch out into the deep. In other words, I don't understand why and how you're going to do it, but because you said it, nevertheless, I'm going to go ahead and try one more time. I believe that somebody in the house, you got are about to get some nevertheless faith. Hallelujah. You've been praying. You've been believing. It hasn't happened yet. You may have even failed yesterday, but nevertheless, because Jesus said it, I'm going to try one more time somebody shout nevertheless so we must rebuke the spirit of failure we must restore our passion and thirdly and lastly we must raise our level of expectation hallelujah glory to God as a matter of fact why don't you turn to your neighbor real quick and tell him neighbor I'm expecting amen Hold up, y'all. I'm talking spiritually now, okay? <laughs> Amen. If you're sitting next to your husband or wife, you know, just calm down. You know, praise God. A brother in the back just passed out there in the last row. Just, y'all just stretch your hand toward that way. Just, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm expecting, I'm expecting God to do something awesome and amazing. Let me ask you a question. How many of you in here are really blessed? You can say that God has blessed you. Well, let me help you understand something about the blessing that God put in your life. When God blessed you, he had more than you in mind. Y'all hear me? He didn't just bless you to bless you, but he blessed you for you to be a blessing to everybody you're connected to. And see, that's the problem that I have with a lot of prosperity preaching that I hear nowadays is that we're praying, not that I don't believe that God doesn't want us to prosper. I believe he wants us to prosper. But the problem I have is that many people are praying prosperity prayers with the wrong mindset. We're praying with the mindset of a receptacle. And God said, no, I don't want you to pray with the mindset of a receptacle. I want you to pray with the mindset of a conduit. Because I don't just want to get it to you. I want to get it through you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I want you to be a blessing to everybody you're connected to. I want you to be a blessing to your friends, a blessing to your family, a blessing to the ministry. I want you to bless. I'm going to bless you so you can be a blessing to others. So if we're going to be that kind of instrument for God, we must raise our level of expectation. We must believe God for such great things that when we reach out to bless others, we are so blessed that we don't even miss it. Y'all got that? Right. So stop all these puny prayers 
Uh -huh, where we pray for small things, but pray for big things because we serve a big God. My God, if you have a vision that you can complete on your own, it is not from God. Get a vision that is so big, amen, that, that, that you, you know that God is going to step up, have to step up and help you get it done. My God, amen. Stop with that vision, amen, that is for this lifetime, but dream of something so big that it's going to bless your children and your children's children and generations long after you are here expect awesome things from our awesome God now give him a hand clap in the house and what we have here is an example of God actually blessing somebody beyond their level of expectation let me show you in verse number four, Jesus comes up to Peter and says, Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets, plural, for a draught. Right? Peter's frustrated. He's got an attitude. Master, we've been out here all night. We have not taken anything. But then his faith kicked in, but it did not quite kick in at the level that Jesus wanted it. Because what did he say? thy word I will let down the net singular so Jesus has a plural net blessing for Peter but Peter only has singular net faith I don't know who I'm talking to in this house, but I come by to tell you now that for what God is about to do in the next season of your life, in the next season of this ministry, you are going to need some more nets. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Why don't you turn to somebody and tell them, let's get some more nets. That's right, get some more nets because what God is about to do is going to blow your mind. Amen, what you had last year is not going to be enough because he's about to open up the windows of heaven and pour you out blessings that you shall not have room enough to receive. Get some more nets. So there they are, standing on the boat. And old Peter with his singular net faith throws his net in the water. Standing there waiting to see what was going to happen. And then all of a sudden, something happened. Now, 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 I, I got to confess to you that when I was looking at this in my mind, I wondered after these brothers had been fishing all night and had caught nothing, how was Jesus able to get all of those fish into that net? Then my imagination started going. And I started to remember when I was growing up and I used to watch cartoons. Anybody here used to watch cartoons? Anybody? Yeah. Anybody still watch? Okay. okay. But when I was growing up, I, I happened to grow up in the pre-cable era. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about before we had like the satellites and all those wires and stuff like that. Anybody remember that TV with the little antennas on the back, the rabbit ears? Uh -huh. Anybody remember when the antenna used to break? Used to get some aluminum foil or a hanger, you know, just kind of stick it up in there, you know? Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. And this was also before the remote. As a matter of fact, 
we were the remote. Anybody remember you would be outside in the backyard, you know, in the wiffle ball championship of the world. And all of a sudden your dad would say, son, get in here. You go running in there two miles, come into the living room. Somebody said, yes, sir. Go over there and turn the channel to channel three a little bit. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Uh, anybody remember when that plastic knob used to break on the TV? And you like put the pliers right by the TV set so you could turn the channel, anybody? I, I remember the first time I saw the pliers in the garage. I was like, what are y'all doing with the channel changer out here? And anybody? Okay. And like back then, you know, sometimes you had to stand in the corner to keep the picture on, you know, cause it would just go snow, you know, so you just stand there like this, you know, cause keep the, you know, while the whole football game is playing and, you know, and then the TV used to go off. Like what was it, about midnight? That brother would come on with that poem, you have slipped the surly bonds of earth and have reached and touched the face of God. <laughs> then the national anthem would come on and it was like, pff, you thought the world ended, you would look outside just to make sure, make sure everybody's still, anybody know when remember those? Okay, but back then, they didn't have the cartoon network. So the cartoons only came on on Saturday morning. But there was a cartoon that kind of reminded me of what must have happened in this situation. And that's that cartoon by the name of the Super Friends. Anybody remember the Super Friends? With Batman and Robin and Wonder Woman and the Wonder Twins and all of them. Well, one of those characters they had was that brother that wore the orange suit with the green fins by the name of Aquaman. They just made a movie about him, right? Well, Aquaman possessed an unusual ability where he can communicate with everything in the water. So when Aquaman needed whales, you know, he would send a telepathic message to the whales and the whales would come and they would, you know, set up a dam to block the water from going into the city. When he needed shark or he needed schools of fish, he would send a message. Well, Aquaman was called the king of the sea. So everything Aquaman told to the fish to do, that is what they did. Well, guess what? Jesus was standing on the edge of that boat and I come by to tell you that he is greater than Aquaman hallelujah not only is he the king of the sea but he is the king of kings and the Lord of Lords he was the very God that caused everything to be to be created by the power of his spoken word so if y'all don't mind me using my imagination I believe that when that net hit the water that Jesus started communicating to all the sea, all the fish in the area. Glory to God. As a matter of fact, church, I believe that he started calling them by their name. Hallelujah. He said, Porgy, Whiting, Catfish, Salmon, Bluefish, Hake, Blue Heron, Halibut, Blowfish, Tilapia, Grouper, Goldfish, Tuna Fish, Swordfish, baked fish, fried fish, curry fish, every other fish. This is your master calling you and I command you to jump into that net. Glory to God. I come out to tell Destiny Church. Oh, don't mess with me now. Oh, glory. I come out to tell Destiny Church. Get ready. God is
is speaking to the fish all over this city. He is saying there is a net over here at Destiny Church and I'm commanding you to jump into that net. Black fish, white fish, yellow fish, red fish, brown fish, glory to God, rich fish, poor fish, middle class fish skip class fish never went to class fish he is demanding you to jump into that net get ready destiny church we're gonna need some more nets get ready man of god you're gonna need some more nets Get ready, staff people. You're going to need some more nets. God is about to release a harvest of blessing. I declare it in the name of Jesus. Come on and give him a praise right now. If Peter and those had had multi-net faith, they would have had a multi-net harvest. But because they only had single net faith, when they began to pull that net out of the water, the Bible says the net began to break. One more time, turn to somebody, tell them let's get some more nets. But I like what Peter did. Because some of us, when we get blessed, we act like secret agents. We don't want to share what God is doing in our lives with other people. But old Peter was different. The Bible said there were some other little ships and old Peter said, hey, y'all come on over here. Look what the Lord is doing. There are plenty of blessings for everybody. Can I tell what, what, what God placed in my heart, Bishop? God is establishing this ministry, not just for Destiny Church to be blessed, but he's about to bring some strongholds down so that every church in this community is going to be blessed by what God is doing right here at Destiny Church. Stand with me all over the house. I'm done. Listen. Let me show you the relaunch. The Bible says that those ships came and they filled them with fish to the point that they began to sink also. But then Peter realizes that he is in the presence of divinity. He recognizes his own sinfulness so he says Lord depart from me I'm a sinful man but Jesus said no Pete listen I like you I like your attitude when I blessed you you didn't keep it to yourself but you wanted to be a blessing to other people so listen Pete you're the kind of guy that I can use on my team so here's what I'm gonna do You've been experiencing a failure to launch, but I'm about to relaunch you. I'm about to recreate you. I'm about to redefine your very destiny, Peter. He said, listen, if it weren't for this moment, you would have gone down in history as just another fisherman. But I'm about to change the very course of your life. Pete, from this day forward, you're no longer gonna be a fisherman. But from here on, you're going to be a fisher of men. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 
So instead of going down in history as just another fisherman, Peter would go down in history as one of the greatest apostles to ever grace the church. Some of you who have experienced a failure to launch, I come by to tell you that it's time for a really launch. God wants to release you to the next season of your destiny. For some of you, the enemy told you that your best years were behind you. The devil is a liar today. God is about to relaunch you. Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org. Thanks again for listening.